0: Hello everyone! Welcome to another episode. It's, it's a unique and intriguing episode. In this episode, we meet a proper like salmon skin roll, uh, not salmon skin roll, a proper sort of fish and chips man. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Uh, in this episode, we meet a brilliant comic all the way in Glasgow. He's he's a big comic book fan, and he's a very sharp writer with a very forthright and honest point of view in terms of comedy and in life. So without further ado, let's meet Jimmy.
1: Well, that's some introduction. How do I live up to that? <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, first of all, thanks for having me on. It's good to it's good to talk and be able to even hear my own voice afterwards. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Whatever makes Yeah, of course.
1: <laughs> Whatever makes you happy. But, um, yeah, man, so... I'm doing comedy now and doing podcasts like yourself and doing comedy around the world like yourself. And I've just started a podcast called Old Lockdown, How We Laughed. And it's, um, it's really interesting, like for, for a really dark time and situation that the entire world seems to be in right now, there's a lot to be positive about in terms of people connecting. Yeah. Yeah. Through humor and through podcasts and it's, um, it's it's there's a struggle ahead for us all, certainly, man. But I'm I'm really inspired and encouraged by what people can do when they're they're left when they're put into a corner, really. Which is as comedians, which we've all we've all been put in a corner. You know, we've we've all been told it's you know it's sink or swim. It and, is um,
0: quite funny because I mean. M- I mean, probably eighty percent of comedy clubs within the UK are probably going to close down, or a big number, a load of them, especially the big ones. Yeah, like Angel Comedy is struggling. Um, the Comedy Store, yeah, like the stand, is on its legs. Glee, uh, it's going to be a very different sort of circuit, and I think many comedians are probably going to be forced to get part-time jobs. Yeah. Because you're already seeing in London a lot of comedians that are on the pro circuit and gigging and plays at top secret comedy store doing open mic gigs. And yeah, the, the payment as well has been significantly reduced, even though a lot of comedy gigs pay poorly anyway. And it's, it's just, yeah, I think so many people are going to get part-time jobs. Some, a lot of people are going to leave the thing altogether and then there'll be new people coming in. Yeah, um, it would just be a different. The world's going to change in every possible industry because this is. I watched a podcast which is very good trigonometry, and you right. will say that the actual after effects economically of the corona are going to be a lot more damaging than the actual thing yeah. itself.
1: Well, I mean, it's, it's already the worst economic depression since 1929, which, like, you know, is terrifying to me, you know, like, I mean, Oh Brother Where Art Thou is one of my favourite films, but that shows that period in quite a drastic light. <laughs> I mean, like, don't want to be cutting about like George Clooney and John Turturro.
0: <laughs> oh Brother.
1: Oh Brother Ferrato. Have you ever oh. seen Where, Oh Brother Ferrato? It's, yeah. it's a great film, man. It's set in the Depression and the same. Um, tough times for all. <laughs> It, it's, but they are, it's, it's a bit of a caper, they have a laugh and all that, you know, pretty much we on
0: But it's, it's a bit funny because there, there's not really going to be much of a hospitality industry. Airlines mm-hmm. are going to be completely screwed and, uh, and a lot of them are struggling anyway. And then there's, yeah, it, it's interesting to see what's going to happen in comedy.
1: But why is mean, It's that, that, that at the same time as well, the situation is feeding the creative juices of, of, of comedians. Do you know what I mean? If, if You have to laugh at some of the things. I mean, look at, I mean, I've I've already ranted about the leaders that we've got, but I mean, we, we, this is, all this is happening. We look on TV and it's Boris Johnson and Donald Trump, you know, waving about. And it's, it's I mean, if, if you don't laugh, you'll cry. I mean, well, literally. I wouldn't say they're necessarily stupid people. Oh, they're definitely like not. But I mean, they're, they're absolute buffoons in the TV. You know, in, in, in the press coverage, like, you know what I mean? And it's, it's, it's quite interesting that there's, there's this whole machine that's put them in place that that so basically r- runs on the fact that they're idiots. <laughs> they're so are, are publicly idiots, you know? You,
0: you honestly think that Trump's going to get in this time?
1: Well, I dread to think what will happen if he doesn't. Because Biden... I, don't, is, I mean, no. a little bit... There was even although there's there's so much more resistance to him this time, and he's so who who he actually is as a human being is so much clearer now. In 2016, everybody thought there was no way in hell he was going to go into the White House, and it's same um, I mean, I I still remember watching the debates and thinking, no way is that guy ever going to get in, you know, like. And then the next day, but we thought the same thing for Brexit. Brexit won't happen. It did, you know, because they've got a way of appealing to the the base instincts, and in what Reagan used to call the silent majority. And yeah. you know, it's. Um, well,
0: it's, it's there's a lot. It's a funny thing that's going on, and it's it's and there's no. It's going to be a long time before there's any change because I'm still hearing the same thing from, especially in London, which is mostly uh, Remain, Labour supporter, and they're all very in their bubble and saying yeah. certain things, and they haven't changed. But they've been beaten four or five times in a row, and in America as well, it not changed anything. Yeah. So, what do you think is going to happen? It, it's it's not really my business. I, I keep away from politics and I keep away from all this stuff. I just keep quiet, do my own thing.
1: Yeah, you know well, I, I I like I, I I'm basically like that as well. I, I think I'm a political as well, but I'm also a pragmatist and I'm I'm looking at the state of the political landscape and I'm like I want to ignore it, but it just gets more and more absolutely terrifying.
0: <laughs> but none of the options are any good either way.
1: Um, I, <laughs> <laughs> a couple of years ago man I, well we wee a preamble man like I've always been into writing and stuff and into creative stuff I was always into DJing and stuff and I always like drawing and taking pictures and just I was just always kind of creative and I was, I've always been kind of looking for an outlet for that type of thing and then like I said I used to DJ I DJed for a long time but um, getting all sorts of bother with that going to do raves and festivals and it was a good life and I was in my 20s and early 30s but by the time I was like 32 or so I was getting kind of tired of it and then my mum fell out OMS and she was just in a situation where she needed to have somebody in the house so I moved in with my mum when I was about 32 and then she um, over seven years she progressively got worse and actually I had addiction issues at the time as well so I was taking a lot of drugs and stuff just as a crutch because I couldn't really cope with being a carer and then she passed away at the end of 2017. And kind of the, the need for a crutch left as soon as she died. I didn't take any drugs or anything. But um, I was kind of at a loss what to do with my life. You know, I wasn't, I wasn't really fit for work. But <laughs> like, yeah, I'd, 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 I'd seen some stand-up at festivals and stuff. But I'd never actually been inside a, a comedy club until I started doing stand-up, until my very first gig. But um, it's, I mean, my very first gig, I absolutely smashed. Which a lot of people do. I mean, that there's nothing special in that. But I found out my jokes were really well received. You know, they were really well received. But I still, I still had personal problems. I still had, um, still had this fucking CPTSD.
0: Well, I did the Angel MC workshop, so that gave me a lot of things in terms of like how I've got a lot of funny things in my persona, and. So- to do well on stage I need to figure out how yeah, to yeah. put the jokes to fit around the persona rather than just focus yeah. on the writing because I think what I've seen yeah. I've gigged in a lot of different places across the world America here uh, yeah in Ireland it, it, most a lot of it's they're just so focused on the material but there's hardly any personality in a lot of it Yeah, and it's it, when there's no personality in a lot of it it's very easy to steal They and I spoke to one comic about this possible thing, and he was so adamant on it just being just. And yeah, it's it's not really. Um... Yeah, he was, but yeah, you have to fit it around your your persona, who you are. You can't just yeah. be right, fixing just on the joke because it's it's limited. Yeah, I know.
1: Well, it's that, I see that a lot in the open spot scene as well in Glasgow. I've seen it in the open spot scene in Glasgow. There's two two types of comedian. There's, there's, there's ones who just write jokes and they've got no personality and there's ones who have got all personality and no jokes. And fortunately I think I've got a bit of both but I'm struggling to to access the personality because of confidence. Yeah.
0: Do you
1: know what I mean? But it's...
0: Um, what do you make of what's going to happen to Edinburgh? Uh, like, what's what's going to happen
1: to the big comedy clubs? Um, I don't know. I mean, in Scotland, the, 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 there's been a lot. Of, there's been issues with Creative Scotland granting funding to the big clubs. It was going to happen. It's not going to happen. I, I literally don't know what the status is with that just now. Um, I know there's been a lot of people working behind the scenes in all of the problem areas, like. Um, guys like Billy Kirkwood and Ross Leslie and um, Ray Bradshaw and stuff have been working to try and figure out what they can do with the industry and Scott Agnew as well. And um, there's, there's also been a lot of people working to try and try and help with diversity and, you know, more better conditions for people to be, able to be performing comedy and, and try and make it more like regulated like a workplace, which is a pretty fucking good idea i mean even although we all know how we should behave it's still a good idea to have a, an actual code of conduct for promoters and performers and um, you know assorted assorted related people to to, to live by it's letting like the stand right in the in red row in the stand in the rules it literally says you cannot take a shit on the stage <laughs> Like everybody knows that you <laughs> that you can't take a shit on the stage, right? But at some point in this dance history, I don't know what, but something's happened to make them feel that like they had to put in the rules you cannot take a shit on the stage. So basically, I think we should have a code of conduct around don't be a cunt. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I wonder what's happened. I reckon someone's worn a diaper on stage. Thought it was funny and thought, right, I'm going to be a baby for the rest of my life. Boom, bombs away. He's shitting the audience in the first
1: row <laughs> Absolutely bred to think, man. <laughs> but there's a woman called Ruth Hunter from Scotland who's put together workshops and things for promoters, mainly promoters and a couple of performers to to come up with a new code of conduct so she's been doing a lot of work that's okay. that looks worthwhile I'm actually hoping to get her on my podcast at some point but I've not actually asked her that yet so if you're listening Ruth, will you come on my podcast?
0: So and they're like, yeah. oh you've questioned what I'm thinking no you can't be right and
1: it's see, it most, is... most of my jokes most of my jokes just occur to me I don't I don't sit and go right so I'm going to take this and this and put them together like that and this rhymes with that I, 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 I just, I can't Make head nor tail on that type of joke writing, but most of my jokes just come to me. Like today, I was talking to my girlfriend on the phone, and I said, um, You know, it's always been my dream to grow old and fat with somebody, I just didn't think it would happen in a matter of months. Fuck 2020. <laughs> 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 I just, so most most of my jokes kind of come out of text conversations and phone conversations and just talking to people face to face. But actually, the ones the jokes that I do face to face, I never seem to remember I sit, I sit talking to somebody and all that, and I come up with a joke, and I'm like, "All right, I'll write that down." But I never do it. It's only it's, it all seems to be when I'm texting and talking on the phone that I, I get the best jokes.
0: Hmm. Yeah, it's that's what it can. Yeah, most. There's an, yeah, in the UK the, the comedy is very split but most of it's like, there's, sort of like, there's the urban circuit which is I'm not going to say and then there's the, the mainstream circuit and then there's a bit of the alternative sort of clown circuit where they do all sorts of yeah. weird shit like <laughs> weird dances and all that And it's, yeah. but I mean most of the gigs are in the mainstream I'm yeah. <laughs> 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 just
1: getting an image there of all- people and Morris dancing on stage or something. Well, some of them do. There's, there's, all
0: sorts, there's all sorts of weird shit that goes... There's it, it's character acts. I like the diversity of the UK so. Oh, yeah,
1: absolutely. Yeah, yeah. 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 But so some, so there's, there's a few people in Scotland, man, that are, that are just absolutely amazing. There's an actor called Paul McDaniel, who's just absolutely my favourite open-spot comedian. He's just... And the thing is, he always kind of does the same jokes, but I've seen him in loads of different venues, and I always notice some twist in his presentation and his persona that keeps me interested in jokes I've heard hundreds of times. You know, he's he's really one of the best comedians we've got in Scotland. And um, I'm trying to think if we've got any Morris dancers. I can't.
0: <laughs> what do you think's going to happen to the Edinburgh Fringe?
1: Well, I know I know that the entire scene's been decimated because of the, there's no festival this year. And that's um, that's very sad.
0: But will there be... Do you think there'll be much of one next year? Because a lot of pubs, they depend on the fringe. fringe.
1: Yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. The scene's been decimated. A lot of the pubs have closed. So
0: it's like the when you go to Laughing Horse or PBH, there's going to be a, way less venues. There's going yeah. to be... It's going to be nothing like it was. I mean, it was oversaturated anyway, the fringe. That's, that's,
1: that's exactly what I was going to say. Is that such a bad thing? I mean, like, in terms of the oversaturation. I mean, it's 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 not a huge positive, but it is a positive. that might, the scaling back might ultimately, it's it's like, it's like gardening, you know, if you, sometimes you need to scale back a, a plant or a hedge in order for it to survive. You know, and um, so many people, so many people are, are, have lost their jobs and so many people have lost premises that were, were highly valued, both in the comedy community and beyond. That it, it feels horrible to say there might be a positive to it, but I always try and look in the bright side of everything, you know? And I think yeah. hopefully, hopefully it'll, it'll make what does survive stronger Yeah. and more valuable.
0: Yeah, that's, that's, And
1: in the that that's, and that, that that's me looking very hard for a positive. That's not me saying it's a good thing. Any of this has happened, you know?
0: Um, what's... What do you make of, like, America and, like, how, how that's been going? And what have American comedians said to you?
1: Well, I've um, I've only done online gigs in America, obviously, but, I mean, I've, I've fucking loved being able to do American gigs. You know, like, it's, it's been fantastic. I've really loved it. But at the same time as well, I, I've done so many in August that I, I consciously took as much time off in September as I can. And there's all these gigs happening and my friends are on. And they're, like, they're all on Facebook. And I'm kind of you know, still up at half two in the morning, they're all signing up, and I'm like, fucking really love to do that, but no, no. <laughs> you know, because it's it's, okay. it's, it's, it's great to see, what it's great you to see st- so many. On you go.
0: So you said it's great to see, oh, what's happening? Oh, I'm pausing now, is it? Right, right. <laughs> no, it's,
1: it's, it's, great, it's great to see uh, it's great to see so many gigs happening and so many people on and stuff, but at the same time as well, I just I just couldn't do like six or seven gigs a week like that, especially not at like two and three in the morning, you
0: know. Yeah, I find it when I've done it. So I I, I did fall asleep at one of them and miss the no, two of them actually <laughs> two American gigs. I missed that one and I pissed one, pissed one of them off quite quite in quite a big way. He says you should have, but it's well. But, yeah, it just happens, I don't know what to say, just be <laughs> quiet. And then with another one, it was a bit funny because it was 11pm, so I had yeah. the laptop open ready for it to go on, but I was tired. And so I fell asleep and the laptop was still on. And then I found <laughs> out that they kicked me out of the, the meeting.
1: <laughs> Crazy, man. Uh, but, um, it's, well, I see if they watch for that. It's... <laughs>
0: I find that their humour is a lot cruder than here yeah. as a whole. Um, they say more obscene things. Because so yeah. I remember going to LA and there was this Spanish bloke talking about booties. And it's in like, what's it called? <laughs> Obviously, the black race has the best booty. And he says, yeah. white girls are catching up. Spanish girls are catching <laughs> up. And then he started going, a ding, 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 ding. And he said, "Oh, the Chinese booty needs work." And he said something <laughs> oh, man, like that. Offensive,
1: man! It's straight up offensive as fuck.
0: Like, yeah, but it bloody worked in LA, and I was, like, I'm easy going. So <laughs> no, I mean,
1: uh, I'm not denying, I'm not denying you know, it's a bit funny, but it's straight up fucking offensive, like.
0: Yes. like. yes, and he got away with that. But if he did that in London, then it'd be taken the wrong way, and it's a bit. Yeah, it. It, it, i was a bit surprised it, it was just got me a bit because they'll say so many brutal things and yeah they really go into town in america some of their jokes like going to yeah. town about the yeah. details of the nether regions weird sex things and oh i suffer from Adderall, and then bloody in uk sometimes happens a little bit but not to that level yeah did they ever comment
1: on your accent? <laughs> oh, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. It's a couple, I mean, it's a couple of times, you know, they can't understand what I'm saying and stuff. Like, at one point, actually, I'd done a gig um, in in California, and it was like five o'clock in the morning for me. So I got up early for it. I went to my bed and I got up early, and I'd done most of my gig. But, see, at that point, I was I was using notes. I'd actually been quite lazy with my notes. So I thought I'd all these notes and I'd been putting things in the margins and things and around rounded the, the notes. But I'd, I'd done that for like five gigs in a row so my notes were completely overloaded. And then I noticed that somebody had put in the, in the group chat during the gig, what is he talking about or something? So I'm like trying to read off my notes, they're overloaded and I couldn't quite read what was said in the group chat. But I was like, are they fucking talking about me? And it, it totally threw me off. I was like pure, like couldn't read my notes. I read a little bit about somebody saying, What is he even talking about? or something. And I was like, "Pure!" I just completely lost my way. I actually gave up the gig and I was like, Fucking, I'm going to go back and read these heckles. <laughs> and then probably <laughs> sit there, like, Fucking me, he heckled me two minutes ago. Fucking, like, how dare they? <laughs>
0: it's one thing I find funny. Whenever they hear my voice, they call me an Asian Hugh Grant or they say that, What's it called? This name, Betty, what's it called? Oh, I like your accent. And it's a bit, thank you. And like, I don't think it was that bigger thing, the English accent. But in, in America, they treat the Irish, Scottish, not an English accent as as it's like they really like it
1: for some reason. Yeah, I know. It's, it's a good thing. I know. But sometimes they really struggle to understand what I'm saying. But most of my jokes landed over there. And I mean, I've, I've not really properly died in Mars. <laughs> and then it apart apart from the time where i had to stop because i couldn't read my notes and i was worried about the heckles <laughs> well, and even then funny. i got some laughs up to that point so well, it's
0: quite funny because they 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 get really there's not many actually there is a few english speaking comics over there but there's not that many at all like yeah. the percentage of sort of english irish or, or scottish comedians in america isn't that high but there's a lot of them over here the... yeah there's loads of them over here, yeah. Which is intriguing, uh, and and they they yeah they always treat. Whenever I went to the gig in America, I, they treated me like I was some sort of exotic toy or
1: something. Never yeah, mean I get comparisons to Braveheart and things, and you know, like, and one, one of my first gigs, I was going like freedom, or something, you know, like. I can't. Uh, there was something funny in that, but I can't remember what it was, and I certainly haven't displayed it there. <laughs> but um, it's just. But it is good. There's people able to just gig anywhere, you know. But 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 the same time as well, I think there is actually an oversaturation of the Zoom comedy scene too. Yeah. you know, it's yeah, I mean, it's, it's it's not just. I'm I mean, from a performing aspect, that I think th- I think you're. I think your material and your, your, your act loses its magic if it's overused. You know, I mean, you, you literally could gig about five or six times a night, a, a day, but is it worth doing? No.
0: Well, in the New York, they, they do that. That's regular. And some of them do maybe 10 gigs a day. And you yeah. could probably do 100 gigs in a, whole, in a whole month. And that would take maybe about a year to do. F- yeah, you've got to think about the material and all that, but it's, it's very good for getting you sharp. But Americans are very rude. Like in New York, especially, they'll gig with looking at their phone. They'll walk out your set. They'll even mm. fart in between it. They would do all <laughs> sorts. I mean, it's yeah, they're very crude, they're very dirty, they're, and a lot of their comedy is is less varied than here. Yeah, but
1: I mean, it's that is that is varied though, you know. I mean, I just, I just, I just like the idea that there's, there's, I've got access to comedy all over the world just now, and it, but I'm not, I'm definitely not overusing it, I'm, I'm, right, right now, especially September, I'm doing, like, three gigs a week max, just now, until I, until I get my podcast started, write some more jokes, and then I'll probably hit hit the Zoom scene again, and, and work on new material for a bit, you know?
0: Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm probably going to just write some stuff this week and I'll probably gig two or three times maybe in the next few weeks just to see how I can get things to fit. But, yeah, I'm not going to gig I've got, I've got gigs
1: for Friday and Sunday night, 8pm both times, which is perfect for me. And, um, and I don't think I've got anything for next week, but do you know what? I might be happy just to take the entire week off.
0: What, what, um, what your, so... Do you, so that's what you think is going to happen, but
1: what's, what, who are your comedy heroes? Who's your like? Oh man, easily Richard Pryor, Bill Hicks, George Carlin, and Chris Rock, Dave Chappelle. Um, I like Bill Burr, I not say he's my hero, but I do like him. Um. Okay, There's not a single woman in there. I mean, I, I like Sarah Silverman for a wee bit of tokenism there. But um, I love Janie Godley. Janie Godley's a great comedian in um, Scotland. Um, I like, like old Scottish comedians like Chick Murray and obviously Billy Conley. Robin Williams as well like and Steve Martin as well. Like Robin Williams and Steve Martin I kind of liked when I was a kid. Didn't like them so much when I was a teenager and then as I started to do stand-up I appreciated their stand-up more. You know, and Lily oh. Tomlin as well, and Joan Rivers as well. You're desperate to think of a woman now <laughs> uh, No, I
0: think there must be one. Joan Rivers and like, you are the best, female, <laughs> best female comedians. Sorry, have, I think they're the best female.
1: Joan Rivers, yeah, your delivery and her jokes are so sharp. If not, She's so t- acerbic, fantastic, you know.
0: Yeah, I think they're, they're definitely some of the great, maybe top, like, especially in Joan Rivers, some of the best top 10 comedians to <laughs> have ever been.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. So what um, what's your style of comedy? What what's sort of because that's an interesting thing. So it's
1: observational, and um, confessional, and um, kind of one liners. I d somebody um Jason Oxhorn who does two joke minimum and somewhere in America, can't remember the state right now, said that my jokes are like dad jokes, but they're not dad jokes. <laughs> Which I took as a massive compliment. <laughs>
0: Yeah, it's. I find, yeah, the limit of doing Zoom gigs as well, it's just, it's not the same. You don't enjoy it yeah. as much. There's not an exciting feeling. Like when you do it on stage, it's exciting because you don't know what's going to happen.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, I am, I, I, um, my girlfriend, like I said, I, did, I had a competition a couple of weeks ago. And then in the run up to it, we went out for a meal with my, my girlfriend, our cousin, our cousin's husband and they're friends and um, we all went back to the house and I had I had, I wanted to try out my set for this competition so I tried out my jokes and there was you know like six people in the living room and I was able to like deliver the material you know going to one person to the next person to the next person to the next person and you know I'd done a really good set and I loved it and they, I mean they really enjoyed it. Actually a couple of people hadn't even seen me do comedy before so when I stood up and started telling jokes like an actual comedian would they were like they were really shocked and they were like that was brilliant you know and I really really enjoyed it and I was really grateful to them for allowing me to stand up in the living room and you know treat them like an audience. But then I'd done the same thing later with, a different, with different people and I just couldn't get their attention and you know they, they, they had a little bit more to drink and it just I mean the. I basically died Mars. like after thinking that I was going to totally smash it again even though like it shows how desperate comedians are you're prepared to do a gig to people that don't want you to even be in the living room <laughs> <laughs> just to try and get that energy of the crowd back you know like,
0: yeah okay one thing I want to ask you as well how does the comedy scene work in in Scotland as a whole right, in terms of aggression into this into that and then to the other levels it's um,
1: it's not it's not something I think about too much or it's not something I really think about too much I don't I don't I genuinely don't really know what I'm doing with comedy I just know that I'm just keeping going at it Like, but I don't I don't see myself you know getting to I mean, ideally, I I would like to do our shows. I would like, I would like to get to the stage where I'm comfortable enough to do our shows and talk about things that are worth saying. But I don't, I don't see, I don't see myself following a traditional route. Okay, and what,
0: what is, what is the Scotland scene relationship with Edinburgh as opposed to the rest of the UK?
1: There's, there's there's a lot of division and um, there's a lot of, it's, it's pretty hard to work out the, the, the territory to be honest with you, but it's not, I mean, I, for me, I've been doing it two years and the gigs just keep coming. So I just I just keep doing the gigs and don't think too much about progression or what the scene's actually like. I mean, I take I take note of stuff that, that I need to take note of. Yeah. And comedy is an addiction really, you know, you can, you can get hooked on it. You need to treat it carefully, man. I mean, there's there's, there's people, people I don't, I don't, they're not my type of people that I would, I would definitely put on because you can't, you can't deny that funny I funny. I think there's too much putting stock in who's your friends and who isn't your friends in comedy when, you know, we're all, we're all chasing the same thing, which is to entertain people and, and, and see nobody suffer or be left behind. So how I personally feel about a person doesn't really come into it for me do you know what I mean Um, unless they've actually you know actively caused me trouble and went out their way to do so then I'm I'm quite happy to see diversity and variety in all my endeavours you know I mean yeah. a, 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 I, I can't think of a single night where, where, I, where I've performed that where I've enjoyed every single act and that's a good thing because not everything's my cup of tea you know
0: Oh, okay. So
1: what's your cup of tea? Green tea? Yorkshire tea? What? <laughs> oh, you're not starting with these fucking metaphors again, are you, man? What's <laughs> my, my tartar sauce and my chips or whatever? Just a question, Marvin.
0: What are you going to do personally when things get back to normal? Um,
1: gigs. Do gigs. Um, hopefully I keep going with this podcast one way or another. And I think, I mean, it's the, the networking for the international podcasting has been um, international. Um, <laughs> comedy has been good. So I th- I think the the Zoom comedy stuff will coexist with the live performances for some time to come. And hopefully we'll start to see more, you know, travel between countries once the get start up. Um, yeah. It's
0: one thing that I'm interested to see is what happened to the theatres across the whole globe. Because I found out. Okay, you're not there yet. I'll give you a second. One, two, three, yeah. four, five, six. You here? So, what I was saying there. So you're hoping to get back to gigging, and yeah. just get, like maybe in a while you see the zooms going across. Okay, and you're just going to get on with things and see what turns out. I just play it by ear, really.
1: Yeah, yeah. that's that's what, I've, that's what I've done since, since the day I first p- picked up a mic and, you know, it's it's been a lot of fun. It's not always been the easiest, but it's how I intend to proceed.
0: And what do you see with, yeah, one thing I've, like, in terms of theatre shows for comedy in Cross- yeah. Britain, a lot of theatre shows or a lot of theatres in general, a lot of them What I found, especially with theatre plays or any shows you put on, a lot of them aren't actually making any money. So they're struggling before it. So a lot of theatres are definitely going to be down. And there's going to be a lot more outdoor shows, I think, even when things get back to normal. And I also think that, yeah, that's what I think. And let's see what happens. One thing I want to say to you as well, there's two other questions i like to ask at the end of the podcast. Sure. Which are? Um, what are your credit card details? <laughs> uh, what? No. What? What? What advice would you give to your younger self?
1: And what is a quote you'd like to live your life by? Um, advice I would give to myself in comedy is don't don't take any of it personally. Um, trust people less and let or not give less of yourself to people just because you've walked in the door at the same time as them. And um yeah, rock on kid.
0: <laughs> so you like, saying live by a rock song,
1: okay. No, not live by a rock song, just like said rock on kid, it was, a, it was a joke. But um I just you know, don't take anything personally and don't put don't give too much of yourself to the people you came in the door with because comedy's strange but worth it. Okay.
0: And what is a quote you'd like to live your life by?
1: Um, I can't even think of one just now. I could have come up with an absolute belter if I'd been given notice of this, Marvin. Okay,
0: Um, fine. So (laughs) in a couple of days, let me know.
1: (laughs) All right, well, a quote is um, at the end of Seven, Morgan Freeman's character says, and he's quoting Hank Chaucer, when he says, the world's a beautiful place and worth fighting for. I believe in the second part.
0: Okay, that's cool. So, very John Snow, <laughs> the true living north. Oh, that's not <laughs> how he sounds. But I just the true north. <laughs> so there are
1: those things to live by. And anything else you want to plug apart from your podcast? Um, no, just. You know, if if you see I'm doing comedy, come and see me. No matter where in your world right now, you'll be able to come and see me by clicking a link. So that's good. Yeah. Jimmy Lomyeor. I'm Jimmy Lomyeor on Facebook and my handles are Jimmy Jock, J I M I J O K K on Instagram and from a Facebook profile. So yeah. And Check
0: basically he's he's described his act as a pizza delivery service where <laughs> he'll come round your house and he will perform for you. <laughs> oh, wouldn't it be funny if they had stand up as a pizza <coughs> <to get> delivery
1: <David? laughs> <laughs> you know, service? That may actually happen. There might be a just eat for comedians. <laughs> oh, wouldn't that um, be funny? All fun? right, man, that's, that's, that's a note to end on. I'm going to go, man. Cheers. Right. Take care, man. See you later.